God, I praise you. Oh God, I praise you, I praise you, I praise you, I praise you. Oh, touching you is all that matters, God. And my life will never be the same, oh Lord. There's only one way to touch him this morning. Oh God, reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by. You'll find he's not too busy to hear your heart cry. Praise God, I thank you, Jesus. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Touching Jesus is all that really, really matters. Amen. While you're standing, if you have your Bibles, two passages of Scripture this morning. Mark chapter 5, verse 25 through 34. Mark chapter 5, verse 25 through 34. And then Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 15 and verse 16. Mark chapter number 5. Verse 25 through 34. Let me there say amen. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood, 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and has spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood, Twelve years had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather her worse. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood Twelve years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse. Let me say that again. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus came in the press behind And touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press, and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thrown in thee, and says thou who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 15 and verse 16. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 
and 16. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the filling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen. And I want to minister to you today from this thought, when faith touches faith. When faith touches faith. Father, again, we exalt you. Sweet Holy Spirit, sweet Heavenly Dove, stay with us today, O God. Lord, we thank you for your presence that we feel in this place right now, God. Thank you again today for your goodness, Lord, your love, your care for us. God, let us not leave the way that we came, but let us leave changed and renewed in the presence and the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And we will give you all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. When faith touches faith. Out of the five senses that God has given to us, the senses of hearing and sight and touch seem to be spoken more of in Scripture than the the senses of taste and smell. Even though taste and smell is mentioned in Scripture, it doesn't seem to run through the pages of the Scripture the way that hearing and sight and touch does. Amen. We know that Scripture tells us, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. It also tells us to let our praise be as a sweet-smelling savor of incense unto the Lord. But not like hearing and seeing and touching does. The Bible tells us constantly, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. So if we have ears to hear, then we should take heed to the things that are being said to the church. Amen. So we want to hear what thus said the Lord. Amen. Sight. We need to see. And Paul says, if this gospel is hid, it is hid to them who is lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the glorious gospel of Jesus should be revealed unto them. The reason most people doesn't see is we have sight, but we don't have vision. Let me say that again. We have sight, but we do not have vision. And this is one of the reasons that most people can't see what God is doing in their lives. It was the same way when Jesus was upon the earth. They saw, but they did not have vision as to who he was. When he asked them, who did they say, I, the Son of Man, am? And they began to say what everyone else was saying. But then Peter says, thou art the Christ. You see, vision will reveal to you divine communications. This is why Jesus says to Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my Father in heaven. And I say that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You see, when you have vision, you have divine communication. You have prophecy that begins to be unfolded to you, and you have revelation of truth. This is why Paul could say, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, that God was manifested in the flesh. He was justified in the spirit. He was seen of angels. He was preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received by up in the glory. You see, we're seeing, but we, if we don't have vision, amen, we can struggle in our walk with God. 
This is one of the reasons when you look at Elijah's servant Gehazi, he walks out of the tent in the early morning and he looks and he sees the enemies all around the mountaintop. And he comes back to Elijah and he said, Alas, Master, what shall we do? And what did Elijah do? He just prayed and says, God, Open his eyes that he might see, as he told them, there's more that be with us than be with them. Amen. We need to realize that heaven is with us, uh, and there's more with us uh, that be with them. We need to be able to get a vision of what heaven is doing and what God is taking place. Amen. So that we do not struggle with our walk with God. They saw Jesus right before their eyes. Amen. And he constantly said to them, if you had eyes, you would see. Amen. But because you say you see, your sins still remain. You see, until you get a vision of truth, amen, and what God is really talking about, you can think you see, but you're not seeing. Amen. You need a vision of what is actually transpiring and what is taking place. You cannot see God with the naked eye. This is why you must walk by faith uh, and not by sight. Uh, that's why David would record in Psalms 19, the heavens declared the glory of the Lord and the firmament showed forth his handiwork. Day unto day they utter speech uh, and night unto night they show forth knowledge. Uh, there's no speech nor language that their voices is not heard. His lines has gone into the ends of the earth and his wall into the word into the ends of the wall, and in them have he set a tabernacle for the son, whose going forth is as a bridegroom, cometh out of his chamber, and rejoices as a strong man to run a race, whose going forth is to the ends of the wall, in the circuit thereof, and there's nothing hidden from the heat of it. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimonies of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, Rejoice in the heart. The commandments of the Lord are pure and light in the eye. The fear of the Lord is clean and doing forever. And the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them are your servants worn, and in keeping of them is a great reward. Who can understand his error? Keep back thy servant from secret thoughts. Let not presumptuous sin have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright and shall not be offended with the great transgressions. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. See, Jesus was right before them, the one that they had waited for, the one that they had longed for. He was there. They had sight, but they did not have vision. When the woman in John 4 came to the well and she had a discussion with Jesus, she says in the end, I, we know that Messiah, who is called Christ, when he cometh, he will show us all things. And Jesus says to her, I that speak to you am he. She had sight, but she did not have the vision to be able to pick up on what was taking place. There should be things in your and my life uh, that when we hear the word of God, uh, our people speak wisdom and volume into our lives, that something should grab us and shake us and say, that was from God. Amen. There's something about touching if we love something or we love someone, what happens? We want to touch them. We want to reach out and touch. The Paul says we have not a high priest 
which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Even a blind person can feel something and determine what it is. They can touch it and be able to feel what it is. Amen. And so we need to have our eyes open. Paul writing in the book of Acts 17, 23, For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscriptions to the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly worship him, declare I unto you, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwell not in temples made with men's hands, neither is worship with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he give it to all life and breath, and all things, and have made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth, and have determined the times before appointed and bounds there of the habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they may fill after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. He's as close as the mention of his name, as the song says, there's only one way to touch him. Just believe when you call upon his name. John says in 1 John 1, 5, 1 through 5, that which was from the beginning, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life, for the word life was manifested, and we have seen it, and declare unto you that your joy and fellowship may be with Jesus Christ. And with the Father, we can touch Him. Praise God. This story with the woman of the issue of blood is found in three times in the Scripture. And the book of Matthew, and the book of Mark, and Luke. But John doesn't seem to record this story taking place. But Scripture tells us where two or three are gathered together, and my name there I am, and the mix of him. It also tells us that at the witness of two or three witnesses, let him Every word be established. So I establish this truth today that it is truth. The story is written for your and my learning that we can gain knowledge and understanding and wisdom of what is taking place. Now, I don't know if you caught that I read verse 25 and 26 Four times. Why? Because something jumped off the pages at me that I had not seen before. And do you know what it was? And she had suffered many things of many physicians. I had not picked up on that before. Had suffered many things of many physicians And had spent all that she had and was nothing better but grew worse. Now, I had picked up on that part about spending all. But I had not picked up the point that she had suffered many things of many physicians. Did she have many disappointing visits to them? Scripture doesn't tell me. Did she do, they do many painful exploratory surgery. It doesn't tell me. Did one diagnose her with one thing and somebody else diagnose her with another and put her on all kinds of different stuff? It doesn't tell me. It does say that she suffered many things of many physicians. And with that, you can see why she spent all. You see, in the medical arena, it's a long track of hopes, 
a long track that we can get on uh, these these tracks to try to find out and fix our infirmities. But if we're not careful, we can go from doctor to doctor or physician to physician and they can give us answers and places on different things uh, and we're paying and we're going on and on. And then when they give us an answer that we like, usually it costs too much. And if we choose to go down that track, we are taking the chance of spinning all. Trying to find the solution to our infirmities, and they're really, really costly. Job told his friends that they were what? All physicians without cure. He says, you're physicians without any value. He says they're worthless. <laughs> he says they are useless. He, they were good for nothing. They was vain and filled with vanity upon vanity. You see, because hopefully a physician would be able to bring the solution and get you on the right track. See, and so therefore we have to realize here what is transpiring and what is taking place. Uh, Isaiah would write uh, in Isaiah 53, he was wounded uh, for my transgressions. Uh, He was bruised uh, for mine iniquities uh, and the chastisement of my peace uh, was upon him. And with his stripes, uh, I am healed. Uh, Amen. The Psalms tells me... It is better to trust in the Lord uh, than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord uh, than to put confidence uh, in princes. Uh, This woman uh, has suffered many things uh, of many physicians. uh, But then the Bible says uh, she heard uh, of Jesus. Uh, What did she hear uh, about Jesus? Uh, It doesn't tell me what she heard about Jesus. It just said that she heard about Jesus. Uh, and I began to speculate uh, that she hear when he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken hearts, uh, to preach deliverance to the captives, uh, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, uh, and to preach uh, the acceptable years of the Lord. Then she hear about how he healed the man with the palsy that was bared on her scripture by four. Then she hear about how he healed the man whose eyes was blind. Then she hear about how he turned the water into wine. Then she hear about how he straightened up the woman that was bent over at the waist for 18 years. Then she hear how he fed the multitude with two fish and five loaves of bread. What did she hear that caused her to have such great faith that all of a sudden it rose up in her and she says, if I can but touch his garment, I know I shall be made whole. I don't know who told her. Maybe it was a little slave girl like in Naaman's household who said, I wish my master was in Samaria. He'll be healed. The prophets would heal them there. Somewhere, somebody told her something. That got into her heart. And she says, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole somewhere and all the trials somewhere and all the troubles somewhere and all the affirmities and afflictions that we go through our faith has got to touch his faith somewhere we've got to believe if I reach out and touch him I will be made completely whole Paul writes 
writing to the church at Rome said, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, verse 10, 10, 10. And with the mouth confession is made to salvation. For the scripture says, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him and whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? See, she had to hear about Jesus, for she went for him. She had to hear about what he done for someone else to build her faith to such a profound, deep level that she was willing to push herself through the crowd, to crawl on the dirt. I don't know what, but something got inside of her. Praise God. And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. All they did was told there about Jesus because in the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for witness that all men through Him might believe. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness of the light, that true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came to his own, and his own received them not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, which was born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, but of God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. When you got to believe somewhere your faith has got to touch His faith. It's a shame when one God apostolic tongue-talking, holy go to believers don't believe and the devils believe. Maybe we need to start believing like the devil. <laughs> the devils believe and they tremble. Shouldn't we who have the Holy Ghost been baptized in His name and no truth, should we not believe? Should not our faith be touching His faith? When Jesus stepped on shore, that man that was in the tombs, amen, that had been cutting himself and doing all these things, those demons ran and they start worshiping him as soon as he hit the ground. And they said, what have we to do with you, Jesus? Have we come, you come to torment us before our... Amen. And Jesus says, what is your name? And they say, we're legion, for we are many. And they begged him to let him go into the swine. And notice what Jesus said, go. Amen. And they obeyed and they went. Amen. They believed in him. How much more should we? Praise God. Go ye therefore and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth in his baptized shall be saved, and he believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents if they drink any daily thing. It shall not hurt them, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Jesus goes on in John three sixteen says, For God so loved the world. 
that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might believe. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but here is what condemns you. You believe not. There is condemnation. You believe not. Somewhere your faith has got to get deep and root it in this thing. Amen. You don't believe, and that's why your faith is not touching His faith. But without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Your faith must touch God's faith. We all have a high priest that can't be touched. You can touch him. James says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptation, knowing this, that the trine of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have a perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, one and nothing. If any of you like wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and unbreadeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, not wavering, for he that wavereth is like the waves of the sea, which is the wind and tossed. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Amen. Therefore, Paul says, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And not only that, but we have access wherein we stand in the grace of God. Amen. And not only that, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope make us not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Your faith has got to touch His faith. There's only one way to touch Him. Just believe when you call on His name. You can keep suffering at the hand of men, or you can trust God. He's the healer. See, faith draws you faith. Watch this. Everybody know what this is, right? It's a magnet. Now watch. See that? That's how your faith is supposed to work. It's supposed to draw, your faith is supposed to be drawn to God's faith. Amen. Just like that. When he calls, you're supposed to draw to him. Amen. Praise God. That's how it's supposed to work in our lives. And this is what God wants. This is why Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God, the salvation of everyone that believes, to the Jew and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. What? From faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. You've got to live by faith in Jesus. Christ, your faith shall draw you to God. Paul goes on to Galatians 3.22, but the scripture have concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to 
Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we're no longer under a schoolmaster. For you're all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized in Christ have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither born nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you're all one in Christ. And if you be Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. If we are his children, then we should know where to go and where to run to when we're going through things in our lives. Come unto me, all ye that are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your soul. For my burdens are easy, and my burdens are light. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and it's safe. Oh, everyone that thirsts, come you to the waters, and he that have no money, come by wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor which satisfieth not? Hearken diligent unto me, and come and eat, and let your soul delight itself in fatness, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Your faith has got to move you when you hear about God, when you heard the name of Jesus. The prodigal son says, I will arise, and I will go home, and I will say to my father, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against thee, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But as he was coming, the father seen him. Faith hit with faith. Amen. And as a result, when the son got there, the father says, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put shoes on his feet and a ring on his hand. But this, my son was lost and he's saved again. Amen. I've come to tell you this morning, your faith has got to touch his faith. Praise God. In his presence. His fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. You see, when faith touches faith, there becomes completeness and wholeness. When faith touches faith, there's a renewing and there's a vigor. When faith touches faith, there's newness of life. When faith touches faith. There's a cleansing process that began to take place. When faith touches faith, there is illumination. When faith touches faith, there is liberation. When faith touches faith, there is reassurance. When faith touches faith, there's a healing in the inner man. Complete wholeness take place. Bonimaeus was sitting by the wayside and he heard that Jesus was passing by. And his faith rose up and he began to cry out, Jesus, that son of David, have mercy upon me. And everybody says, be quiet. But he got louder. His faith began to, because somewhere somebody told him about Jesus. And that's like the woman with the issue of blood. He says, if I get a chance, I'm calling to him. And he says, Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, command him to come to me. You see, faith always draws to faith. And when he 
came to Jesus, uh, Jesus said to him, what will you have me to do? Uh, he says, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Uh, and Jesus says, be it done unto you according to your faith. Uh, and immediately he was made whole of his sight uh, again. Amen. There was four men that was carrying their friends on a scripture. Somewhere they heard the scripture says in Mark 2 that Jesus was in the house. Somewhere somebody told them about Jesus and he could heal. And they couldn't get through the door. But the Bible says they tore the roof off the top of the house. And Jesus looked up and it says when Jesus saw their faith. Amen. He said to the sick of the palsy, take up your bed and walk. Because faith touches faith. Something is going to happen. Something is going to rise. Someone is going to get up. The Syrophoenician woman, she said, yea, Lord, the dogs eat the bread that falls from the master's table. And Jesus said to her, oh, woman, great is your faith. Her faith touched his faith. And he says to her, go your way. Your daughter is made whole. The centurion came to Jesus. He says, Lord, I'm a man under authority, and I have soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, he go. To this one, come, he come. And to this one, do that, do that. And Jesus says, I have not found no greater faith. No, no in all Israel. And he says, go your way. Your servant is made whole. I come to tell you today, when your faith touch his faith, things are going to happen. Praise God. In Luke 7, we know the story. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would come and eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and he sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, and stood at his feet behind him weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and to wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee, which had bidden him, saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known of who and what manner of woman this is that touched him. Or she is a sinner. See, he had sight, but no vision. See, he didn't even know the reason Jesus came for. See, Jesus came for this purpose, to seek and to save that which was lost, to save sinners. That's what he came for. Amen. But see, his vision, he's hes looking at the woman, amen, instead of seeing what Jesus is doing. See, his eyes has no revelation of what God is doing, but her faith has moved her. See, she knew she was a sinner. She knew she needed him. Her faith had already moved her, amen, to go to do what she was doing, amen. She didn't care about who house it was. Uh, she didn't care or she'd know that Jesus was in the house uh, and she needed to be made whole of her condition, of her sins, uh, to get it out of her life. Uh, and she maybe somebody had told her about Jesus' ability to forgive sins and to heal sins. Uh, and so she came. Uh, amen. His eyes was looking, but he was failing to see what was taking place. See, when her faith touched faith, there will be some wholeness. Notice what she's doing. She's touching him. Her faith is remnant all in the house of what she's doing. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have somewhat to ask of you. And he says, Master, say on. And he said, there was a creditor. 
which had two debtors. One owed him 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said to him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said to Simon, See this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gave me no water for my feet. But she have washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss. But this woman, since the time I came in, have not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil. Thou did not anoint, but this woman have anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgives sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith have saved thee. Go in peace. You see, when your faith touches his faith, there's going to be wholeness. There's going to be forgiveness. There's going to be deliverance. You see, when David, amen, was told, when the prophet Nathan came into David's household, amen, and he walked in, and David knew when the prophets come, they was coming in the stead of God. And he walked in, and he began to tell him a story and a parable about a man who had a wayward sheep. Amen. And the man took from the didn't take from his own, but he took the wayward sheep and slew it. And David was was angry. And then all of a sudden, he says, "Whoever did this shall pay back." what he has taken. And Nathan said to him, you are the man. And David immediately realized his error was known. And he immediately began to repent. Amen. And that's why Psalms 51, he wrote, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgression. Wash me for my sins, for I acknowledge my sins, and my iniquities is ever before you. Against thee, against thee only have I did this evil in thy sight, that thou might be clear when thou speakest, and right when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desire truth in the hidden parts, and in the hidden parts would thou make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Restore to me the joy of thy salvation, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide not thy face from my sins. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit away from me. Restore to me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors the way and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me, God, from blood guiltlessness. And if you open my lips, my mouth will show forth your righteousness. If you open my mouth, I will sing forth your praises because you desire not sacrifices, David said, else would I give it. He said, for the sacrifices of God is a broken heart, a broken and contrite spirit, O God. You will not despise. In order for your faith to touch his faith, you've got to have a broken heart. You've got to have a contrite spirit because he will not despise that kind of attitude and that kind of life. When he sent Isaiah to Hezekiah, he says in Isaiah 
38, go tell Hezekiah to set your house in order, for you should not live but die. And notice what happened when Hezekiah heard the word of the Lord. He turned his face to the wall. And he began to repent. He began to weep. He began to cry. He says, have mercy upon me, O God. Hear my prayer, God. Remember that I have walked before you in a perfect heart. His faith touch God's faith when he started repenting, when he started weeping, when he began to call out to God and to ask God for forgiveness. And godly sorrow always bring about repentance unto salvation. And when Hezekiah Faith touch God's faith uh, before Isaiah could get out of the court. Uh, God says, "Go back uh, and tell Hezekiah, you're not going to die, but you're going to live. Uh, I'm going to give you 15 more years, uh, and hear how you know it's going to happen. I'm moving the dial back 10 degrees. Uh, amen. Because the man's faith touch God's faith at the tomb of Lazarus." Don't know if you've ever picked up on this or not. In John 11. Guys, Jesus is told that Lazarus is sick. But Lazarus dies. And when Jesus shows up, watch the attitude between the two sisters, Martha and Mary. Martha shows up, meets Jesus. And notice what she said. You would have been here. My brother wouldn't have died. Jesus said, well, your brother's going to live again. I know he's going to live again. Last days in the resurrection. Jesus says, Martha, I am the resurrection. Yeah. Well, I believe whatever you ask God, he'll give it to you now. Notice the attitude. There's no repentance. You know, there, there's nothing. And then she goes to Mark, Mary. What is Mary doing? Mary's in the house bawling her heart out. She's crying. She's weeping because of her brother's death. She is broken. She is a contract spirit. She's hurting. And the Jews is there to comfort her because she hurting so much. And then Martha comes in and says, the Lord is out there. He wants to. She gets up. And the Jews think, well, she's going to the tomb to weep. Scripture says. And she comes and where does she go? As soon as she gets to Jesus, she drops. Drops right before him in a humble and respected way and spirit. And she says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when the scripture says, when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the Jews that came with her weeping, he was groomed and troubled in his spirit. And that's what the next verse 35 says, and Jesus wept. You see, her faith touched his faith. Amen. And when her faith touched his faith, the next comment in Scripture, Jesus says, where have you laid him? And they says, Lord, come and see. And they took him to the tomb. Amen. And now Martha wants to get involved again. And Jesus says, did I not tell you that you will see the salvation of God if you could believe? Amen. And he knelt down. And he began to pray. And he says, Lazarus, move with a stone. And he says, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was bound with grave clothes came forth. Amen. And he says, loose him and let him go. I come to tell you today, when your faith touch his faith and a broken and a contract spirit and a contract heart, he's going to do something miraculous for you that you never would have expected to transpire. Amen. There's only one way to touch him, and that's to believe when you call his name. Amen. Let's stand this morning. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I come to tell you today, he's here for you. Amen. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing in life. But I know if you let your faith 
touch his faith and you're not in a hurry, amen, to run out the door, but you want to give God time, amen, to talk to him, amen. I know for me personally, when I want God to do something to me, I'm bawling my eyes out. There's something about his spirit and my spirit joined together and I can't stop weeping and I can't stop crying and I usually get my answer from the master, amen. So I want to encourage you today, let your faith. Touch his faith so that you will be strong in the Lord and be completely whole in whatever things you have need of. Amen. Praise God. These altars is open this morning. If you want to Amen. Oh, yes. A woman.